Welcome back to another episode of Tech Comedy Live. And today we are with our very own venerable man. I, I still can't get the introduction right for this man, Deepu Alexander. What? Alexander? Who's Deepu Alexander? Oh, no, that's the other guy. Oh, no, that's the other guy. <laughs> Wrong Deepu. <laughs> some reason, that guy came to my mind. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to his podcast. I hope he doesn't listen to these podcasts. Let's hope so. Let's start again. Welcome yes. to the show, Deepu Babu. We are talking today on the future of visual entertainment. And I'm being very specific by the word visual entertainment because it encompasses what the movies are all about, what TV programs are all about, but in general, what we consume visually on a screen or no screen, but visual nonetheless. So, Deepu, when is the last time you've been to the movies? Oh, welcome, guys. Um, yeah, when is the last time I've been to the movies? It's I can probably count on my hand the number of times I've been in the last 10 years. I think the last time I went to a movie was, I, would, <laughs> I can't remember, <laughs> maybe about two years ago, 2018, 2019, around there. Okay, and all that right. Too, and, well, and, and that too, it was only because of the, what I can't even remember. No, it had it had to be a special reason for why I went to the movies. Otherwise, not for an ordinary standard. Hey, let's go watch a movie because it's the movies. But I I, I, I see your point. I, I see your point. Your point is how often do people go to the movies? Um, okay, so maybe you're and, not the best person to ask that question. Uh, <laughs> but in my case, uh, my wife and I, for example, for the last 10 years, we always enjoyed movies. Anytime there was a new, a good film you'll enjoy, especially in the last, uh, oh, in fact, when the Marvel movies were coming out, we would watch every single one. Uh, that was our, like our date night thing. We would go and check it, enjoy it, and we would talk about all the stuff that we enjoyed. But after COVID happened, we didn't think about it twice. We actually didn't bother about it at all. Because as things changed, COVID really did something where people started enjoying home entertainment. I didn't even go on it. And I realized what a change it had with me. Because I went just once in two years when the only guy that I paid to go watch movies on the big screen, and that was Christopher Nolan, when he brought out the movie Tenet. It was a hectically okay. built IMAX thing, you know, that he, I had to go see it. There's no way I was going to watch it on an app or some screen on my TV. I had to go watch that. So I went to watch it and Tenet was an amazing movie, an amazing experience. And only if Christopher Nolan or someone like him makes IMAX specific type films, I saw no other reason to go watch a film, really. Um, Even with Marvel, even Endgame, it came out, I wouldn't see that again uh, on the big screen. I was happy to watch it. I would have been happy to watch it on the screen because I've got a 4K TV. I would have enjoyed it. The other film that came out uh, was Justice League. You watched Justice League? The Snyder Cut? uh, Zack Snyder Cut, yes, correct. I did? Yes. So when the Snyder Cut came out, that movie was about four hours long. And it was a celebration and his vision of what a Justice League should have been. And when Mm. I saw that, I saw something different. Well, two things. One, first of all, very good film. I enjoyed it. But number two, being four hours, I realized, well, films can be different now that we are watching it at home. 
It doesn't have to have a two, three hour limit, right? Because that was a, di- a direct to streaming uh, offer, right? It wasn't offered in the uh, Direct, yes, it was a direct to streaming offer. Yes, 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 yes. Well, let's let's backtrack a bit. Uh, you covered quite a few points there. Number one, what was your your on a rough scale, or what is your ratio of going to the movies versus watching movies at home? Oh, before COVID, I mean, geez. Uh, every month, I think we would watch at least two or three. I mean, we watched all the Marvel movies on uh, on the big okay. screen. Okay, okay. So maybe that kind of jumped it up a bit. But I would say on average, and this is a massive generalization, but uh, I think on average, people would go and watch a movie at least once a month to once every couple of months uh, in a movie theater, especially if there's like a big release, specific action, an action movie. And especially on weekends, school holidays, you know, you go to the theater, it's packed, uh, there's queues, and most uh, movie theaters are generally packed-ish, uh, unless it's the, the last few weeks of uh, screening. I I thought, okay, well, we've discussed this before in previous conversations and chats, that the movie industry is slowly dying out, and there's no feasible reason oh just be to... clear just be clear it's the movie industry is not it's the cinema industry that's dying the movies i think will will evolve but the cin- cinema business is dying there are pros and cons to having the cinema theater experience and we'll discuss that but there it is on the down it is on the waning on the waning trend and covid just accelerated that to the point where as you said now the justice league massive hype and uh, excitement for this movie straight onto a streaming service. No point in releasing it at all to any theaters, even though a lot of theaters had reopened uh, post-COVID or after COVID's uh, lapse, I guess. But um, it's it's interesting how... I don't, I don't, I don't know if COVID is the reason but I think it has definitely accelerated that that trend towards how media uh, entertainment is consumed. Um, just to, I think, break it down a bit, uh, the pros and cons. So the pros of going to a movie theater, it's a it's a journey, right? It's it's going driving to a movie theater. It's finding the right time slot what movies are playing at, at different theaters because different theaters play different selections of movies um, at finding the right spot, booking a ticket, uh, standing in line, you get popcorn. Uh, there's the whole uh, excitement and especially if it's like a premiere of a, of a movie, then there's the hype and excitement that you have with other fellow st- strangers, moviegoers. You can make friends. Uh, there's a social aspect to going to a movie theater which I think is a massive pro and a massive plus. Generally, movie theaters are not in isolation. They generally are in a mall or they are in some other entertainment building. So there's uh, post-entertainment after that. So whether it's going for dinner or going for drinks and and chatting about the movie, there's that excitement of, hey, you're going with a group of friends. Let's unpack the movie. What do you think? What what do you think? I thought this, blah, blah, blah. And there's that uh, breakdown, sometimes at least, in in, in some cases of movies. That's the pros, at least, I see. The cons of that is you've got to find which which movie theater is screening the movie that you want. No one just generally walks into a movie and says, ah, oh, well, let's just, well, I, maybe some people do, but not 
majority of the people don't go into the movies just saying, okay, well, what's showing now? Let me just go in and watch it. As opposed to switching channels on your TV or scrolling through an app, I've got some free time. Let me just stream a Netflix movie or whatever other medium that you have, whether it's Hulu or Amazon Prime, and and stream a movie. And I think... So just to get to that first part, yes, the COVID is actually an accelerator. It accelerated things that were already happening anyway. That's what COVID did. So the rich, the rich got richer, the poorer got poorer. Uh, uh, people that did online shopping did it more. So online shopping went up. Online schooling went up. One of the things that happened was COVID revealed what we already knew. Theater experience was slowly dying. It was getting worse and worse. Even the cinemas overseas was getting worse and worse. People were spending less time in theaters, especially in South Africa. I don't know about you, but I have to keep selling my kidney to buy the tickets to go watch these movies. <laughs> I mean, you know yes. they charge us uh, an arm and a leg, a kidney and your leg to buy popcorn and drinks in that place. <laughs> True that. Yeah, so... Of course it was going yes. to die. I mean, yeah. I, I went to a lot of films, even though it was packed, especially like uh, Avengers, it was it was packed. It was a big movie. People loved it. But in general, if you go to any movie, you're like the only guy there. It, it was already dying. I could see it. Uh, it was things, yes. were, things were not going well. Especially now with a lot of tech becoming a lot cheaper. So TVs are getting bigger, better, uh, better quality, better quality sound systems now being available more more. F- more available to to the average consumer. So now you've got an average household that has very good TV and sound system that obviously is not going to replicate a movie theater sound experience, but is good enough for home viewing. And with the the quality that they, uh, I mean, with 4K and 8K coming out, it's it's just ridiculous, uh, the quality that you can get. So you can, you're compressing and, and miniaturizing that experience in the comfort of your home. Lean back, sit back, uh, eat whatever food you want, make as much noise as you want without the, the rules and regulations that a movie theater requires. Precisely. And with the advent of tech, as you mentioned, with adve- advent of sound, visual technology, the TVs are getting better. It's going to be amazing. That then takes us to our next discussion. The future of entertainment, now that the direction is going in this way, now that we know that it's more personalized and more, I would say, spatial and environmental, and it's going in a direction where the entertainment, like films and television, is now personalized and on the go. Who said you have to watch it on on a 4K big screen at home? You could watch it in another way and have the same experience. I, AKA virtual reality, right? Films could go in that direction. I think apparently the man behind Avatar, who, when, remember when he first came out, James Cameron, when he first came out in 2009, that was a massive leap, huge leap, 3D. And I was actually watching an HDR version of it on my TV. Uh, it's this weird new HDR thing. It's a sample thing. You can actually go on YouTube and look at it. Look for HDR 6000 avatar sample and it looked gorgeous this is from 2009 it looked better than any of the marvel stuff (laughs) 
right? Yes. So that guy is actually well, a groundbreaking director, and apparently he is delayed in release. Is uh, delayed in releasing Avatar because he's working on something that's going to bring something like that in a miniature on-the-go experience. That's why. That's why he's delayed with Avatar. So he's doing something weird. I don't know whether he's going to work with Neuralink or something and beam it directly into your brain. I don't know what he's up to. I don't know what he's up to. But it might be, might be that. Right? So that's where it's going. People are saying, why are you watching this passively where you require so much money and uh, such big screens? You could just beam it into your head. He has a plot twist. He has a plot twist. Because in Avatar, the characters go into a uh, simulation device and get transported to this alien world, right? Yeah. Uh, mentally, at least. And then yes. they can interact, or they, they integrate with the host, and then they can manipulate that. What if he's doing that same thing with Neuralink, and he put on this device? <laughs> what if Avatar 2 is you are the Avatar? Exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I can totally believe it. Because he's probably thinking, why do you watch movies when you can be yes. in it? You can star in it as well, yes. Like a sandbox game, like GTA. You know the GTA games where you can go into this massive world and do whatever you want? It's that. That's your story. That's your movie. Yeah. You are the uh, audience I, and the, the, character, the, the star. All right, you know what? Let's see what Mind James Cameron up to because I like that idea, and I think James Cameron, movie... <laughs> call us for more ideas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah DM, DM us, James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, DM us, man. Us. Come on. <laughs> what is the different mediums or uh, for consuming entertainment? Right. That that is your question. Mm -hmm. uh, I think. With a lot more people getting access to smartphones, uh, there's consumption of media on, on the phone, right? Massive, massive amount of, a massive percentage of, of consumers watching or consuming on their phones. I mean, I've watched uh, just like standard cricket games, uh, yeah. soccer, YouTube, uh, TikTok is definitely a massive uh, consumption platform right now. Uh, mm. Yes, it is limited to, to just like 30 seconds or, or a minute, but I'm sure that will change in due time. Uh, mm. I think YouTube has capitalized uh, with the majority of content, uh, I think user-driven con content. It's, it's, it's holding quite well. They will, they have, I think Facebook has tried, but it, it hasn't really evolved. Instagram has also got its own share. It, it holds its own uh, for, a, for a varying sector or market, uh, maybe not primarily for me, but it definitely holds its own. Uh, I mean, these are just, uh, that, that, that's just consumption on, on the mobile device and on, on PC. But then there's also VR, AR, uh, I'm not sure of how AR consumption will be, but VR definitely is, is an alternative. I don't think it, it holds its own with long or uh, extremely long uh, content with uh, mm. I mean it's I think it's not yet mature to a point where having a headset in front of you is good for your eyes it's I think VR is, is like the myspace of the next um, entertainment that we're going to experience so all this VR and headsets and all this stuff is just a myspace phase that I like to call it it's it's going to be a huge experiment people are going to try the next thing you know I believe 
the future of visual entertainment will not be with screens at all. It will be a screenless experience. There will be no screens required for the next future movie, for for the next Fast and Furious 25. <laughs> when Vin Diesel is a grandfather and he's telling everybody about family and all of that, right? <laughs> and, and his grandkids... And his grandkids are, are driving the car and he's teaching them about when I was your age, our cars ran on petrol. When I was your age, yes. the cars made a sound. <laughs> now your kids have silent electric vehicles. What's up with that, right? Yes. Um, so as that's going, that film will be screenless. There will be no visual medium required because your eyes, your brain is the medium and then you just absorb it uh, in whatever way. And I think Neuralink right. may be a stepping stone for immersive, proper immersive experiences. Sure, that, that's that's quite a that's quite a deep uh, uh, concept. <laughs> I think because it's it hasn't existed yet, it's very difficult to to conceptualize mm-hmm. that idea. But yeah, for sure, I believe that's going to be the case. Would because uh, Neuralink is essentially an adapter into your brain. And yeah. if you are streaming, if you are streaming movies via Neuralink, is it not akin to implanting memories? Yeah, yes, all of that is going to happen. Neuralink is going to pa- uh, pave the way for Minority Report, Tom Cruise's film. Remember that one? Exactly right. Yes, it's yes, going yes. to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, we have to be at ease with the fact that technology is going to be integrated into our psyche, into our system, yeah. where our brain. And AI and everything else is going to be combined in such a way that it will be massively integrated. If you want to watch a movie, just press a button somewhere in your head, and and it'll and then you can watch. Or just think it, yeah. Yeah, just think it and say, I want to see this scene from, and it'll come up, mm-hmm. and it'll 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 fill your visual cortex, so to speak, in a proper visual wide experience in such a way that you'll be in the movie. You'll be sitting as if you're in it. Right, and then you can yeah. just watch watch as if you're watching uh, a, a football game uh, or any game. It's yes. like you're in it. You're there yeah, with you the players have, watching the game. You want to remember for future, like note this point, and you can just archive it into your brain for future reference. Within the next five to fifteen years, there will be a change in how how we consume media, how we consume movies and and, and TV series or shows, how we consume. Uh, bite-sized information, visual visual content. Uh, but I don't think it's going to get to the mass adoption of, of uh, uh, Neuralink and going to that extent yet because there's still... I think while that technology could exist, there's still the, the, uh, the health implications, how that affects the brain, how that affects the mind. Because, I mean, uh, look at VR, for example. VR has been around for quite a few years. But it hasn't taken off to the point where it is the next best thing. It, like not everyone has VR headsets. Remember, VR is very expensive. It requires this clunky thing. Hundred percent to work out. Well, the adoption is going to be terrible. I mean, look at VR. I look at that and I look at that. And go, damn it! I think I need to go get my eyes tested after that because like no, what exactly. the hell has happened? No, no. Like it screws up your vision. That's yes. why it's not going there. But no. as soon as they figure out a way to bring VR. Like what you're seeing without that headset, like Neuralink, like whatever subsequent systems come into place, it's going to change the game of entertainment like you can't believe. Yes, it will take a while, but it will be sooner than you think. My prediction is before 
before the year 2040, we're going to have it. I am actually betting against that. I don't think VR will have a place uh, in 2025. I think it will be replaced by AR or a mixed reality version, which will interlace... Yeah, for now, until, until there's a way to absorb that information without requiring that stupid clunky thing. Yes, yes. When that disappears, yes, yes. when I'm able to absorb it and use my brain, because you know, why do you dream the way you dream? Let me give you a thought experiment. Perfect. I'm going to draw a picture for you. So Neuralink can work this way and also other products. It's not just that. I'm just using Neuralink because that's what we know. Mm-hmm. But Neuralink can send a signal telling you to paint a certain picture, right? So where you watch a movie or watch anything really, based on your personalized perception of reality, okay? Here's the kicker. I will instruct your link to tell your brain to draw a forest, okay? I want you to think of a forest. There is a gravel road going through this forest. And through this gravel road is one hut. It's a cottage in the forest. It has a chimney and and there's smoke coming out, Okay. And you can see it. I want you to tell me, what did you see based on my description? Describe it for me. Details. Well, it's definitely very different to what you've thought about because it's my version, my interpretation of a forest, my interpretation <laughs> interpretation of a hut, uh, the different colors that I've used <laughs> in, my, in my imagination, right? In my uh, vision, the trees were conifers. They had a very sort of prickly park. The... The gravel road was yellow in, yellow in color. The, the cottage is a small one-bedroom one thing with a small chimney, bellowing smoke that's going in that distance. You see, I'm sure you saw something else, right, when I, when I described it. And that's where entertainment can change. But now the future of films, entertainment, the television programs will render the image based on how you want to see it. You will see an actor or actress or you will interact with characters based on the way you want to see it. So if you want to see the ocean in a certain way, you will see it. And, and I think what where Neuralink can possibly help bridge that divide is like change it from a 2D experience to integrating smells and, and sounds like more vividly into a movie uh, experience where you can smell the ocean and you can maybe feel certain things on your skin. And the best, and the best part is the system doesn't require... Uh, smell signals and systems where where you have to create where you have to attach a device so you can smell the ocean. Your brain will create that for you because you do that already in your dreams. Yes, yes, hundred percent. Yes, and yeah. you can... you're going to feel the texture of sand the way you want to feel it. Hundred percent. Yes. Now that I fr- I'm saying is going to be James Cameron Avatar film, maybe <laughs> Avatar Five. I don't know. No, really. But that is going to be something you're going to watch where you are the avatar. In a, in, a, in a world where you want to world, uh, be in, and your avatar experience will be different from my avatar experience. And that, my friend, is the future of movies. Thanks for listening. Over and out. <laughs> no, definitely. I, I, definitely can, <laughs> I can definitely see that happening too. For sure, yeah. for sure. So that's what I'm saying. And it's going to be sooner than you think. It's going to be within, before 2040. Okay, maybe, maybe within 2040. But what's, what do you see happening within the next, like, between 5 to 15 years, right? So what's 5 to 15 years? Okay, 20? in the next 5 to 15 years, the, the more normal cinema is going to disappear because I'm going to pay to do stupid things that I can do at home, okay? So that's going to disappear. You, you think movie theaters will go the, the blockbuster route? 
No, they will go. Uh, they will go the route of uh, cinema nouveau, right? They will go in the route of yes. a personalized experience for people who enjoy, like like say, like the people who enjoy vinyl records. People yes. still collect vinyl records. Hundred percent. It hasn't disappeared. It's 100%. retro. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, people are going to enjoy that. There yeah. will be a market for that, but it'll be personalized. It will. It will. Uh, have a coffee shop or something, uh, you know, where there'll be a massage or something where you will get a head massage while you watch, whatever. It will be a personalized uh, experience like the way people like retro stuff. It'll exist. But mainstream, mainstream visual entertainment like films in theaters will fall away in the next five years, right? It, it's going to disappear and people are going to enjoy whatever they do in the, on mobile phones and television screens. And with the advent and the future technology uh, of audio, so mm-hmm. with this phone, um, with the new Dolby, I don't know what Atmos. Atmos, whatever the technology is, Atmos, yeah. uh, or the next version after that, you can literally just hold your phone in front of you and you will get full proper 3D sound, sound without disturbing anyone else. Yes, okay? yes, yes. And that will happen in the next, so next two, three years, we're going to see it. I think the next Apple or Android phone, we're going to pick it up. It might not even be Google. Uh, for all I know, Huawei is going to come up with it because they're developing an operating system. And the Chinese are going to bring something uh, probably before Google and Apple. That's for sure, right? And it's going to like knock your socks off. Because apparently what I heard was uh, the TikTok, TikTok, in terms of what they're developing, is probably going to be the competitor to the cinema industry, to the bioscope theater industry. TikTok is going to be that competitor. Okay. Well, I wait with bated breath to see what they... That, that's going to yeah. be the next three, four years. That's going to be our mainstream option to watch our films, our, our mainstream channel to watch our tele- our favorite TV shows. Yeah. It's going to be TikTok. And the best part is, it's also changing who, who makes movies as well. Now, creators, people like you and me, can yes. make something with the technology available and we can create something that people can enjoy. Especially with the quality of, like, forget about... Uh, well, I think camera, I'm not very familiar with how, uh, what the cost of camera equipment is. I don't think it's decreasing that much, but I think it's quite expensive. But the quality and that comes in with the smartphone. Yes, smartphone prices are, are getting ridiculously expensive, but the, the, the quality and the, the ability to, to record and, and edit uh, fully feature movies on a, using a smartphone is ridiculous. There are three trends I can, I just wrote down here. There are three trends that we can see in the next five years in the short-term notice of entertainment. Number one, cooperative entertainment. Entertainment will become cooperative. What the kids play today is a direct, serious, direct competition to Netflix because my kids enjoy the fact that they can do something together with their friends. They don't want to passively just watch a TV show. They want to take part in it, right? And because they want to take part in it, the entertainment of the future, visual entertainment, will be part and parcel of the gaming industry. I think the gaming industry and the movie industry may merge somewhere because there will be a need for that. How? I don't know, but there will be something that will happen. This includes concerts will become cooperative, like how people would do it online. People come together, they join a chat room or stadium and then they join their friends and they watch it together with them right they are doing that as well but yes real concerts can still happen because still people want to do it but hey people can join from around the world and watch it too right it's a digital world so it's for me 
the perception is that when you are there physically, it's better. When you're there physically. Yes, yes. Right? When you're there physically, it's better because that's our generation. But our kids find that cooperative entertainment, meaning joining something digital, is as good as being there in person. That's their perception because they've been brought up with this. So it's going to happen, right? And number two, anyone can make entertainment now. So it's decentralized to a point where anyone can make and distribute plat- any kind of form of entertainment anywhere. Mm. I mean, if you like watching Instahubby and doing my jokes with bread, right, <laughs> I'm doing it. Right? Just doing the stupid things. And there's the audience for it. Someone is watching it. And yes. if it was good enough, it could become a big TV thing. Yes. Who knows, right? And number three, tech is becoming available to more people. That means the quality of what they're making is becoming better and better and better. 100%. So you don't need those fancy production stuff. You can actually watch it. The costs will go down. And this is how the movie industry is going to adapt because they realize that it's going to be too costly. They've been relying on movie tickets Mm. to pay for Avengers. I think the last Avengers, the the latest one, Mm. I think it cost... $500 $500 million to make. Let's Google that quickly. $356 million US dollars. Holy fuck. $356 million, right? Only reason they made that money back was because people went to theaters and watched it and it paid. Within the first two weeks, it paid off. The box office, it, it gained... What the fuck? <laughs> this is too big of a number. 2.7 or $2.8 billion in revenue. But Avatar still made more, though. Really? Yeah, Avatar in 2009 made, still made more than that. Sure. Yeah. That, yeah, but that goes to the credit of the, the writers and the, uh, the director in, in creating a, a beautifully scripted and visual movie, right? It's not so much the medium mm. in why it can't. No, 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 no. It, it, it does count because the reason why they can substantiate such costly films is because they can make it back at the tickets. People buy the movie, uh, buy the tickets yeah. and they watch the films. Now, it's not there anymore because it's going to fall away and a lot of directors are saying, oh no, we can't spend money like we used to. So now they've got to innovate and adapt. So the movies can't be made with that kind of price. Or if they do spend that kind of money, they have to make the money from somewhere else. But that's the thing. Well, what do you think they can no, do? But that's a, that, that's a good co- point, right? Because people want to see big production movies. Like, would you choose to watch a Avengers Endgame that was created with 356 million US dollars or watch a low-budget version? I mean, look, look, there's a big difference, right? There's a big difference between Steven Spielberg's Saving Private Ryan yes. and that other movie called Shaving Ryan's Privates. <laughs> Hundred percent, right? <laughs> Big difference. I mean, I'm not going to pay to watch that. No. I mean, goodness me, right? That's a big difference. Yes, yes, yes. Hundred percent. Right? Yes. So, independent creators are making shaving, shaving Ryan's privates, right? Yes. But saving private Ryan required a bit of a budget. It required direction. It requires creativity. Yes, it will exist. It yeah. will remain because I want to see more Avengers. I want to see real. Oh, like King. Did you see Kong? The new Kong versus Godzilla. No, I haven't. It was fantastic. It was a great movie. It was greatly entertaining. We watched it and enjoyed it. And I watched it on my TV. Perfect. There was no need for cinema. Mm. Uh, even though it did do well because they did a part sort of release in the cinema. So it sort of did well. So it gave some people hope about cinema industry. But at the end of the day, 
I enjoyed it on my TV. There was no need for cinema. And I realized I want to see that. But what are movie industry is going to do to sustain the cost of such production when the monetization, the way revenue models work with streaming is very different from cinemas. Hmm. What could they do? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question, right? I think that's what uh, directors will need to, to answer because uh, I think directors will, be, will think twice about their budget, number one, going, going over their yeah. allocated budget. Uh, I think they'll be selective about the type of movies they make because choo- choosing how to spend your money wisely, I guess, from a from an entertainment point of view, that will definitely be there'll be a second thought about why why this budget needs to be spent, unless there is a good enough reason. Uh, secondly, I think it'll be a distributed uh, model. It'll be distributed across all digital platforms and tailor it for certain this nouveau uh, experience. Maybe even outdoor outdoor events where even Drive drive-ins becomes the you know the next watching better experience where you drive in with your car you have the same movie theater experience but it's in the privacy of your car your uh, it's COVID safe I guess in a way correct I think Kong versus Godzilla was a ex- good experiment because they released it it is a big budget film they did a release in the cinema and at the same time they did it uh, on streaming yeah. people wanted to, people who wanted to stream streamed they made their money there. And people who wanted to go to cinema, they did that. So it's almost like they did it on split. And actually, it did relatively well on both. So when it's a big production, good quality, big movies, people went to the cinema. But otherwise, if it's any other movie below that, there was no point. So basically, the future of films, because remember, it cost $356 million to make Avengers. Did you know, if they had done the new Avengers now, if COVID had happened, let's say, two years earlier? Yes they would not have been able to release the latest Avengers film because it would have cost too much. They would not have made their money back. And the budget would not have been approved. And awesome. Thanos would have been a real person instead of digital. Right? Yeah. It wouldn't have been a proper digital effects and everything. And Iron Man, Iron Man suit would be made of actual iron. Right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. And in that, so it was good timing for them that it so happened that it, that it happened and then COVID happened after that. But in the future, the, the, look, look at Marvel movies. They will not be able to spend the money that they used to. So they are innovating. Disney Plus is innovating. They're bringing out streaming. They're bringing out all kinds of stuff. They're trying to cater for merchandising. So people buy merchandising to cater for the costs of the film, etc. So they're doing all kinds of uh, endorsement deals to make it work. But movie revenue, like we used to get, where Avatar was 2.8 or 2.9, and the latest Avengers was 2.8, that revenue, that kind of scale, might not happen ever again. Possibly, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think with also a lot of uh, visual effects and software, post, post-editing being done on a lot of movies, there's also no need to, to go on, on location for a, for a certain movie. Because, I mean, movies will mm. go on location, shoot on location, there's there's cost to hire cranes and uh, you know sets on the location. Everything is being done on software anyway. So there's also that option where movies go almost like here's the script, here's the actors' voices. You don't need to be physically acting it out anymore. The software company has the mm-hmm. direction and 
they can do what they want. So that way you can bring costs down. You can still have the high budget look and feel of a movie. You've still got uh, characters, real characters involved. And you can use that within, you know, in a smallish set uh, using green screen also, you know, to, to have characters and not have it too CGI. So, yeah. When, when CGI first came out, right, uh, there was a prediction made. This was way back when CGI was like still a thing and Terminator 2 just came out. And, and we got to see the first proper like visual effects and everything. I think it was Terminator 2 or some film in that era, in the 1990s. And they made a prediction that someday films like Terminator, films like Toy Story can be made by one guy on one computer in the future. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it probably won't be made yeah. by one guy. But I mean, but that's where also then indie, uh, independent uh, movie makers can, can create their concept. They've got their concept, get a smartphone, go out there, shoot it out, uh, edit everything on on their computer, on even a phone, edit the movie and publish it. And, and and this is where the crucial part is, is having those platforms that do not extort the movie creators or the, the creators and that uh, that pay the their royalty fees like you know fairly. And I think that's that's one of the biggest gripes right now, like where YouTube has done so well is the monetization policy. Um, and it's obviously been changing it uh, a few times here and there with ads and and how the monetization is paid out. And YouTubers have, have uh, kind of called it out uh, against the platform. Uh, Joe Rogan, I mean, uh, famously left YouTube to go to Spotify because of its uh, policies there. Um, I mean, whether it's TikTok uh, tomorrow or not, I mean, it, it's there has there is going to be a or multiple platforms that come about that, and I think with the advent of also blockchain and, and NFTs, what we are talking about, where there is fair payment and, and, and due process to creators, where they feel, okay, I've got my the, the right payment and royalties that I need. I, I think the revenue model is no longer how it used to be where in the first um, weekend or the first two weeks or first month, mm-hmm. they make their money back, especially yeah. these big releases. I don't think it's going to happen anymore. But movies like Avengers can make that kind of money. They can make that mm. kind of money. Mm. It's just that it will not be from ticket sales like it used to be. I think it's going to work the way Spotify does it. I think it's going to work the way TV used to do it. Have you heard of syndication? Mm. Syndication. I, Good example was the Friends Remember Friends from 1990s? Yes. Friends is still being played today, still being watched. And yes. Every year, it's creating residual revenue every year. I think Jennifer Aniston, every single year, is getting paid $20 million every year because it's getting played every year on some network somewhere in the world. No For the last, since in the 1990s, yeah. Every year, she's getting $20 million since the last episode aired. Sure. Can you believe okay. it? So, that, so I'm thinking that's yeah. the kind of model that movies can use, where there's residual revenue. Possibly. So they have to now consider uh, pr- um, budgeting their film uh, or projecting their revenue based on what they will make in the next 10 years. So they budget now and say, we're going to spend half a billion rand on this f- movie because we can make 5 billion over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that's how they're going to have to make the film and not think we need to make this in the first year or, or it's a loss. It's not. What we make in the in five years, 
based on streaming and merchandising and whatever licensing comes out of it is, is going to be the revenue that movies are going to make, which will then substantiate the cost of making the films. True. I can definitely see that happening. That, that, that's, a, I think, a feasible way. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's, a good, it's a good few interesting years coming up ahead in terms of how visual medium or visual entertainment is, is consumed. Mm. Uh, I mean, for me, watching it on, on, on mobile, watching it on TV is good, but it's still limiting. I, I mean, I was watching it, certain films, I was even watching Justice League, and I really absorbed into the story, and I really thought it needs one more step to really get me absorbed into this world of the Justice League. Just right. one more step, and it's going to be immersive. We're just one step away to make it good, to make it like as if I'm there with Wonder Woman and Aqua, Aquaman, right? And I wanted to watch it. I don't know what that step is. Yes, okay. But we are one step away, and if we get that right, there will be no need for cinemas from, from a mainstream perspective. And I was actually looking at the four-hour movie, and I thought there could be 16 hours worth of uh movie there in the in future where Zack Snyder or 81 basically could create a Justice League storyline where we can choose what story happens so out of the 16 hours yes yeah out, okay. out of the 16 hours the four hours is the story that you want to see you know I you, mean you know yes there's been attempts at it Netflix did that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. except that it was super junk and and uh, I thought, man, that's so dumb. I mean, so what they do is they just pre- yeah. pre-record different footages and say, would you like A or B? Of course, I mean, that's yeah. that's not very AI intelligent. It's just uh, having 50, uh, 15 footage and you choose and you watch seven. I mean, yay, yeah. that's, not, that's not groundbreaking, right? I'm talking about where the stories change and the, and the vocal aware dynamically changes, where people's dialogue dynamically changes because of uh, inputs from you or something, you know? Hmm, okay, that's 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 interesting. Well, okay, you yeah. are the Avenger, or yes. you are part of the Justice League, yeah. and you are the sixth member, right? And you are in that film, and you are saying things, and based on your actions, the movie progresses. In fact, that comes back to trends I was talking about. Trends number one, cooperative entertainment. Yes. That means if I see a merging of the gaming industry and the movie industry, it's like you playing the Justice League game, but also experiencing the movie the way the movie was made. If you look at the entertainment, if you watch it once, it's done. Yes. But with corporate entertainment, every time you are playing, yes. uh, watching with Justice Xbox. League, <laughs> make the, crea- the, creators are, the creators are making money every time. Just exactly. like the way uh, every time you play Roblox, yeah. Roblox makes money. Yeah. Every time you watch Justice League, every time you're interacting with it, every time you try different characters, they are making money every time. So that could be the future. So I'm thinking cooperative entertainment, right, Mm -hmm. with the film industry, with the advent of Neuralink, is going to be the future of entertainment, where the gaming industry and the movie industry merge. Yes. So I'm going to say thanks for listening to Tech Comedy Live, and let's leave (laughs) you with this thought. Don't watch movies, live it. Over and out. (laughs) There we go. Good night, everyone.